Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, an in-depth look at the Archers with me, Harriet Carmichael and Lucy Freeman. Before we dive headfirst into our favourite scenes, let's remind ourselves of the goings-on with Lucy's Week in Ambridge. Over to you, Lucy. This week in Ambridge was sponsored by the phrase, Oh, isn't it awful about Philip Moss? <laughs> we began the week with David and Ruth contemplating the sobering fact that their barn and milking parlour were built by slave labour. They are actually no strangers to slave labour themselves, but they call it the children helping out. David got a bit overdramatic as usual and started calling Philip Moss a philanthropist and a monster. Monster, yes, but philanthropist? He wore funny jumpers, liked Christmas and mended a swing. Move over Mother <laughs> Teresa. Anyway, David's calm and reasoned response is to tear down the barn, never wear a jumper again and kill Santa. Martin on the BL board is having kittens. Damn it, Martin. The pig processing plant people are properly pissed off with BL. Martin described it as a hot coal. People talking about pig processing and hot coals just made me hungry, so I went off and had a bacon sandwich, and when I came back, he was still rabbiting on. We need a convincing narrative, said Martin, and we also need a fall guy, and guess what, Justin, baby? That's you. To be fair to Justin, it's a hell of a jar to be told that Brian Aldridge has a more wholesome image than you, the man with a revolving door in the fly with salmon pink cords. Meanwhile... Over at Ambridge View, Neil was being cross-questioned and getting a bit squeaky as a result. <laughs> DC Tanner is very important, isn't she? She is so important that she can have a cup of tea, but she hasn't got time to have a biscuit. <laughs> Why not? Was she planning on shoveling them in her gob with both hands, thus rendering herself unable to speak? It distracted me. And judging by Neil's appalling performance during his police interview, in which you could practically hear the cell door clanging shut behind him, it distracted him too. And if he ends up banged up in the scrubs, he'll have no one to blame but DC Tanner's ginger nut. <laughs> Linda told Robert to lighten up as he was a pillock of the community, which I thought was a bit harsh. I was hoping Linda would return to being unbearable again now she's a member of the Borchester Empire. But sadly, since the accident and her ennoblement, she seems to have become mawkishly humble. <laughs> But when she started chuntering on about some huge event that would require great things of everybody, I perked up. I can envisage the usual passive-aggressive chaos. Clary was baking pan au chocolat, but she didn't have any unsalted butter or unrefined sugar, so she used flora and shook out what was left from a discarded bag of sherbet dabs. She was having a nice chat with Emma in the kitchen about her and Eddie renewing their vows, and Emma said what a rarity it was to find anyone who's only been married once these days, which is true. <laughs> Especially as in Emma's world, Clary would have married Eddie and Alf and might even have had a crack at Joe if it wasn't for his farmer's <laughs> lung. Alan Franks popped back. 
he doesn't take this vicaring very seriously, does he? I mean, I thought Christmas was a fairly important time in the Christian calendar, but he seems to have given it a swerve this year. He just stayed in, watched Succession and ate Ferrero Rocher, nodded off, then woke up on New Year's Day and thought, crikey, I better show the face. He sounded very cheerful as any man would who'd had a 10-month holiday. Of course, as soon as the reverend poked his whiskers out of his burrow, Shula caught a whiff of his scent and went cantering over there, snorting in the frosty air. Anything I can do, Alan? Shall I take your trousers down for you for no apparent reason? <laughs> to try and divert her as she poured at the ground whinnying, he told her that it was difficult for vicars sometimes to remember to keep their eyes open for suspicious behaviour when they were busy focusing on the good in people. Innocent-seeming stuff, like kleptomaniac stealing church funds and a man being able to re- be- rebuild an entire church tower for £1.98. He did a Zoom service, which was good, as it meant he could wear his Bermudas and his Ugg boots on his bottom half and just stick his dog collar on over his jama top. It was slightly odd, though, as it was a Zoom call and cars kept going past. <laughs> Does he live on a dual carriageway? Sorry, but that really made me laugh when it happened. Uh, the one upside of this whole mess for Kirsty is that it's given her an excellent excuse to stop answering the phone to Helen. She's got to be tougher than that if she wants to shake Helen off. She's like Velcro. However, Krusty seems to be coping relatively well and is now working out whether or not Helen will still want to buy her house. She probably will. She's got used to living in crime scenes by now. She feels a bit lost if there's not blue and white tape around everything and at least one detective wandering around. Emma cannot get it into her head that Clary and Eddie don't have any money to have a massive wedding and a honeymoon and that Clary, ever low of expectation, appears to want nothing more than a table in the backyard with a cheque tablecloth on it and a two-for-one taste the difference baguette. Oh, come on, Clary, you've got to do something, said Emma. Nothing big, just a little do like Kim Kardashian. Don't worry about the money, just stick it all on a credit card and you could end up living in a port like me. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I did like the image of Shula whinnying and <laughs> pouring by Alan. Do you remember those girls that used to gallop? I was one of them, I have to say, that used to gallop round the playground yes, on pretend I did horses. Too. Yeah. I always think Shula does that. Can you imagine her clopping round the village, like just, just in her loafers, you know, her penny loafers? She hasn't lost that jolly old sort of sound in her voice. No, she really hasn't. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Lucy, I did have some... There have been some top moments in Ambridge this week. What were your and, top moments? Well, Harriet? one oh, of my top moments, which I know you're not going to like, Lucy, because you'll just think this was a blip in the whole week, was Linda. I love the fact that she's... I know it's slightly annoying that she's um not her old bitchy self again, but her walk up Lakey Hill, which you will have found annoying and sentimental... <laughs> genuinely moved me to tears, Lucy. Really? (laughs) I found it, I don't know, there was something about the fact that, you know when you've been in that really dark place, she's been in such a dark place for so long, and she's finally come up from the underworld, and you see the world in a whole new light, you know, when you've been through a really difficult time. You come up and, and the sun's shining and the sky's blue and you look down, you know, she was looking down on the village, and that that whole new perspective and goodness she saw everywhere, I I found it so moving, especially after this awful year. And I just mm. thought, you know, we're next. Hopefully, this time next year, we'll all get to that point where we can do mm. a walk up a hill with friends. Sunlit uplands. <laughs> You're talking about bloody sunlit uplands, aren't you? Flipping neck. I found it genuinely her positivity and attitude. I I gen I just yeah I loved it. 
Hey, you, you're cynical and you're just find it annoying. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think it's also when you, I was in the middle of doing the washing when I was right. listening to it after a long day of homeschooling. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I, think I was feeling a bit emotional At anyway. any point at which you're, you were homeschooling and have stopped homeschooling, you must feel like you've emerged from some horrific ordeal. So I, no wonder you identified with her, but... But, you know, at least there was one person during the whole week that has been positive and been like, let's shake this Philip thing off us. It does, you know, it shouldn't yeah, it's affect his us thing. all. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, Alan going on. OK, we'll come to the low point. But <laughs> that was a good moment in Ambridge for me this year. My This year? This week? My favourite My favourite scene was Neil getting interrogated. Well, it wasn't really interrogation, was it? It was like in assembly when someone says, the te- teacher says, I'm, I'm not, I know who it is. I just want you to confess. And even if you don't, you weren't listening and you didn't even know what the thing was someone was supposed to have done. I could feel my hand attempting to go up all by itself because I was just like, I just can't bear the tension. So I'd rather just explode the tension and confess to something I hadn't done rather than go through this. And Neil was, he was like an interrogator's dream. Mm. He was hopeless. And he didn't have a solicitor. I think he just thought he was having a nice chat and it didn't cross his mind that she was a police... Uh, but, uh, police... Um, wherever she is. She was a policewoman. She was a detective. Yeah, detective investigating a very serious criminal charge and that he was in it up to his neck. But n- nice old Neil was... Would you like a biscuit? You know? <laughs> it's because he's, a, because he's such a nice bloke. Why on earth would he... You know, he's he's so genuinely yeah. a good person. Why would he ever believe that he might have been... But it was... He kept it. It was like words were coming out of his mouth and he was thinking, where's that coming from? And then it was like when she said, so why did you pick Philip Moss? And he said, well, he was so cheap. <laughs> and you think, Neil, shut up. <laughs> What are you yeah, doing? I, I, I did get him to do that as well. Oh, yeah, and that. Oh, yeah. Oh, and he did the belt. It was miles cheaper than everyone else. Oh, God. But, you know, to be fair to Neil, I, I, if if your mate, Philip, says, oh, I'll do the bell tower, yeah. you would think that, you would just assume that his very low quote is yeah. because he's your mate and yes. it's the bell tower yeah. and he's, you know, trying to do something yeah. for his community. Yeah. But then when the policeman said, um, sorry, the police officer said, uh, well, how do you think he afforded that nice house with yeah. five people in his employ? But of course, you don't think that. You don't. No. You don't. You don't no. go. Oh, he, hang on a minute. He's paying five people per day. So, yeah. and then you know you're not going to work out the no. quote. And also, as as I am saying this, there is a man putting up scaffolding outside my house. Right. <laughs> because have you asked him if he lives in a caravan? It's, fa- <laughs> it's falling down again, and I. He sent me a quote for how much this scaffolding thing is going to be. Yes, and scaffolding's I, a lot. I have investigated it with other, mm. with other companies. You know, got lots of quotes in and whatever. And his is the best. And it is eye-wateringly expensive. And because I know nothing about what he's doing or how much it costs or how it could possibly come to that much money, I am paying it very begrudgingly because i just think yeah. how the bloody hell can it cost possibly cost that much yeah. when you find a builder that does a really low quote you don't think hang on a minute how can it be that little you think oh hooray here's one that's not ripping me off i, know. I think that's the 
that's sadly, the problem. But sadly, that's the problem with everything. Isn't yeah. It? It's like it's like fashion. You know, you go yeah. to H and M, and a top is seven ninety nine. Yeah. And if you go to, you know, clothes that haven't been made you know that have been made in yeah. europe or, yeah. or or even in the uk yeah obviously think, how can it so be 198 pounds yeah. for a jumper and it's, then and yes. we've lost our sense of what's yes what's right and what, we assume what labor costs and especially basically. especially i think when it's a trade you know absolutely sod all about mm, exactly you just think wow it looks easy i mean i'm watching this man wobbling around in midair <laughs> as i speak tying on brackets <laughs> to things if that was me i'd have been dead about <laughs> 12 minutes ago because because it's mostly you're paying for the health and safety yeah you know, as you should be to yeah. keep them safe yes. because yeah because even if you live in a bungalow you still have to have scaffolding yeah. don't you yeah it's so that to stop people dying while yeah. they mend your roof <laughs> i miss the good old days where people would just plummet off well look at nigel yes you see well, exactly, exactly ever since nigel they changed yes. the health and safety roles <laughs> i still think david pushed him <laughs> I hope David pushed it. <laughs> and I hope that comes out in the 100th anniversary <laughs> episode. David goes to prison. <laughs> um, no, but it was so funny that Neil was basically going, oh, I, actually, yeah, I, I, I think I am guilty, actually. <laughs> oh, Shall I just go now? I'll go, yeah, I'll go now. It's fine. I'll do, do I need to bring anything? You I think, you think though, that Susan, obviously with her sort of paranoia about prison and having, yeah. you know, and her, tra- yeah. her traumatic experience, I did. I that you know you'd think she would have. She wasn't like, in it at all oh, this week, no, was she? No. But I suppose maybe that makes it too complicated. Also, it... can you imagine her letting Neil speak to a police officer without her being there, sticking <laughs> her oar in? That's what I thought. Mm. That's what I thought. She'd have been so uptight and yeah. anxious about it. Yeah. That, that and I'm... also just nosy. It's something exciting yeah. and interesting, and she'd just want to be <laughs> yeah. in the middle it of it. Wasn't even mentioned. Putting her four penithin, wouldn't she? <laughs> I know. Um. Should we talk about is that is that uh, is that was that your high or your low? That, that was, was my high. high. I loved it. Oh, your high. I was sitting there giggling, cackling wildly while with my with my hand clapped over my mouth, just thinking, <laughs> "Oh was... God, Neil, stop it!" Was... It. <laughs> it was funny to be fair. <laughs> the high point of the week was <laughs> Helen and Kirsty reuniting after Helen's been away in Centre Parks with Lee and the kids. And um, them having a real heart-to-heart about choosing the wrong men. And then, right at the end of this really sort of lovely, heartfelt moment, Hel- um, Kirsty saying, Oh, sorry, Helen, I don't think you'll be able to buy the house now. <laughs> and Helen going, Oh, really? <laughs> she sort of said, Honestly, I, I don't know oh, I, I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> I haven't really thought about really? it. Really? When you were about to buy a house and you haven't given it any thought over Christmas. You haven't been sweating away about where to find the mortgage, how much Kirsty's going to sell it to you for. I mean, I, I was like, what? <laughs> that was my high point. Um, the bit I didn't, well, yes, I quite like, I quite like that bit, I guess. I don't like, the, I don't like them. You don't like friendship. No. <laughs> I don't like any of the nice emotions, Harriet. Um, I very much enjoyed, in a vomity way, Alan Franks telling us all to forgive gangmasters. Even was... even Shula had a bit of a the what now <laughs> moment. Are you sure? What for, forgive him then? Okay, right. Okay. Oh, but it was good, wasn't it? When Philip called her. Yeah. Ooh, I got really excited at that bit. <laughs> I was like, pick up, pick up, pick up. <laughs> But why would he be ringing her? Is he supposed to? Is she supposed to give him a a character reference reference or something? Does he want? 
because they were really good friends. Yeah. They, they, uh, didn't we think that they were yes. about to yeah. get it on? Yep. Yeah. We did. And, yep. you know, she was really close to him. So yep. may, I, 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 I imagine he's calling to say, I haven't got a friend in the world now. Mm. Let's, you know, yeah. don't forget we nearly had that snog in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Vicar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, I did think, though, on a serious note, mm. that... The entire village is beating themselves up like mad, and they've act before they can start forgiving Philip. They've got to forgive themselves, really, because they're all thinking, "I should have seen." Like you always do, whenever there's a crime that is close to you and involves people that you know, or you have misread a situation, you know, that's been set up for you to misread it on purpose. You think, "I should have." I should have seen that. I should have realised what was happening. If you find out somebody was being abused or something like that, you think, I should have noted, I should have known, I should have known. I should have put you in touch with Alan Franks because he did a very poignant Zoom call, Lucy. <laughs> His Zoom sermon. <laughs> you would have enjoyed that. <laughs> but, they, but, you know, they have got to get over the fact that I think he sort of started from the wrong end because he's trying to get them to forgive Philip. And they've, they've first of all, they've got to just come to terms with what the hell's happened mm. And then realise, yes, they were complicit in it, but also, we, you know, we all are. They've yeah, and they've, David they've got a, is sweating buckets, isn't yeah, because he? he's got yeah. a, a legacy of Philip yeah. standing right in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> let's well, just knock it down, Ruth. Said no. it was. <laughs> we all oh, said it was a no. stupid thing to do. You know, let's build a barn and start doing weddings. And then in she, it. then she was like, "But what about all our bookings, David?" Yeah. And, They've uh, got one booking for next year. That's what she, he said. He said because Elizabeth said, "Oh, well done you. You've actually got a booking for next year." So oh. They've got one booking. <laughs> well, he's lied to Ruth because she yeah. thinks they're covered for the whole summer. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. But you know that. No, would... but that was it. Obviously, is a genuine. Yeah, I, I can. It, yeah, it must be a terrible shock if something like that happens. Mm. Yeah, on on your watch, basically. I, I you know. did find Alan's ser- Alan's sermon was a low point for mm-hmm. me, though. He'd yeah. been on Twitter, got all his, his facts off there, hadn't he? And was, like, <laughs> throwing them around. <laughs> and then was like, and when I next go into my n- local nail bar, and um, what I'll do is... <laughs> I'll go to nail my... bars often. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was going on about. When we yeah. all get our nails done, yeah. um, let's ask our local beautician... <laughs> How much she earns. Maybe get her address and telephone number as well. <laughs> oh, he was just so And then grim. find out she's claiming disability benefit and she shouldn't even be and working. Not... And then and then what do you do? <laughs> yes, yes. But I, 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 didn't you find it just uh, very cringy? Yes, oh, yes, I did. So sermony and Alan-like. Alan <laughs> sermon being all Alan-y and sermony. I think, yeah... He is a bit, I mean, he tries so hard not to do that kind of, and do you know, as I was walking, I thought to myself, life's a bit like that, isn't it? And there is a bit of that, but he tries to resist it, but he can't, they all get drawn back. It's because he's an actor and he's tried to do it Mm. naturally. Yeah. Of course, you've written, you're reading a sermon, you cannot help but give it the intonation of a certain, you know, and as gospel number five tells us. No, I'm sure he doesn't mention. I don't know. Did you mention the Gospels when you're talking about slave labour? It's been a I'm long sure. time. It's been a long time, Harriet. I can't remember. Where, um, 
What, what, so where the hell was he? Why were there cars going past? Was he supposed to be in St. Stephen's? No, because do you know what? That you can only hear. That, did you have headphones on when you listened or turned no. up loud? Oh, okay. I've noticed that before. When, um, when, but I've only noticed it when I've got listening with my headphones on. Because when Susan's been doing her radio broadcasts you can hear cars going past. <laughs> and I think it's the sound effect they put on for, for any remote recording. Ah. Oh. To make it sound like they're recording from their bedroom next to a window because on the, the motorway. Sound, didn't you think the sound this episode, this this week it was all over the shop? Did you? I didn't there was know a bit was with Clary and no, there was a bit with Clary and Emma. Yeah, where all of a sudden they sounded like they were in a, a, a an underground lavatory. I thought she'd gone into the toilet to get some dark <laughs> chocolate. Dark what? chocolate. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it went wrong, Not didn't that it? Dark. I, I'm glad you said that because I thought it might just be. No, it was. Mine. It went wrong twice. There was there were it was Clary and Emma, and there was another bit where the uh, Ruth and some Ruth talking to somebody, I think, and it just went it just. I thought, where the hell, where are we now? Luckily, just... I find it very reassuring when we're not very good at our own audio. I know. Well, we're... at least we're not being paid. <laughs> it's true. We don't have a sound engineer Let's doing our Let's pretend mixing. that we're recording from a crypt for no apparent reason. The thing is, reason. you can get away with it now because everybody's forgiving yeah. because everything's a yeah. little bit more DIY. Yeah, yeah. But it was odd. I, I yeah. genuinely thought it was part part of the sort of stage direction. It was, it was the like scene. they'd been told to... Add this bit in afterwards, <laughs> and it, it it was they'd done it like pickups, but they'd yeah. done the pickups from a different place than where they'd done the original. So maybe at home, oh God knows, I don't know. Well, maybe it was, maybe it was mm. that. But I actually that was I I found that really oh I'm, oh sorry I'm going to say the word lovely again, but I enjoyed Clary and Emma talking about Tarmelinos, <laughs> except for when Clary mentioned that they oh we didn't need to go down to the beach because our bed was so big Emma and <laughs> Emma was like huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? oh yeah we know oh, Clary I've just been sick Clary should we get back to the punish yeah. <laughs> but um what do you think there's going to be some really naff honeymoon for Clary which is basically a homemade yeah. set of Paris yeah <laughs> Yeah, they'll, they'll, she'll go and dump a load Kira's, of hardcore in the backyard and tell them it's a beach or something. Kira's going to make an Eiffel Tower. Yeah. yeah. It's a trifle Tower, Clary! <laughs> oh, yeah. Although, wouldn't it be great if Clary genuinely gets to go to Paris? It would be lovely. I mean, talk about low expectations. That woman, basically, it's like if someone doesn't kick her up the arse, she's just delighted. That's all she wants out of life. That's why I like Clary. She doesn't... She. I think her, I think she's you know at Christmas was it at Christmas when she said you know this is the best Christmas ever because we're with our family yeah she doesn't need anything but her family and mm. she, and she's happy and isn't that an amazing way to live your life yes completely <laughs> unbelievable and totally amazing yes <laughs> I won't have a word said against Clary no I do love Clary I do love Clary. I really want to see what she looked like in her wedding dress. I know, well, glamorous by the sound yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, but she was fit. And now a chance for us oldies to get a glimpse into what it's like to be a new listener. Us oldies, what? <laughs> and how the characters we know so well come across. And for new listeners, we'll hopefully answer a few of the questions you might have. So if you want to know anything about the residents of our favourite village, please email us at... ambridgeonthecouch at gmail.com that's ambridgeonthecouch at gmail.com. 
So, what has Mr. Newby been baffled by this week, Lucy? Uh, pretty much everything. He wants to know why it's called the Archers, which is <laughs> <laughs> back to basics, really, isn't it? Because Ruth, the um, yeah, Ruth and David run Brookfield. Uh, they are Archers, and that's the biggest. Is it? Is it the biggest farm, or is uh, the, what land-wise? The, the BL farm is that bigger? So that's why it's called the Archers, because it is all about the Archers' extended family. Uh, and pretty much everybody in Ambridge is related to each other, one way or another. Also, because the biggest family when it started were the... Ar- well, it was it was basically Dan Archer was the yeah. protagonist, wasn't he? Dan and Doris. Dan and Doris, that's it. Who begat Phil. <laughs> who begat David. Who begat Ruth. The more I say begat, the funnier David it didn't sounds. begat Ruth. Oh, no, sorry. Who fa- Pip, I meant. Pip. Pip and... David wedded Ruth. Yes, he did. But he talks to everybody in the same slightly sleazy manner, so you can't really tell who he begat and who he wedded. Anyway, um, he said he feels sorry for Justin because he seems decent. Spoiler, he's not. And he said Martin seems like an opportunistic rogue. <laughs> I love Martin. No, no, I don't love Martin at all, but I feel sorry for the actor playing Martin because he's, he's a, a bit rubbish, one note, isn't he's he? He's a rubbish part. Isn't <laughs> yeah, all he has to do is go... Well, Justin, I'm not very happy about this. Well, Justin, I'm not very happy about that. And you that. only get to do three scenes a year, so yeah. it's barely worth it. Yep, yep. And they're all damn it Martin scenes, aren't they? Yeah. They're all kind of, you know, something's gone wrong about the figures. Nobody cares. Everyone's going, blah, 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 blah. Get to the people bit. Just um, get back to Lillian and have a gin. Yep. He didn't know who Neil Carter was, obviously. He didn't know anyone is. And says... um, that he's very worried about him being done up like a kipper. He said, having initially professed ignorance of everything, he's now admitted to knowing the details of at least three jobs that Philip did cheaper than Asda Price. <laughs> and yes, this is the problem with Neil, who is one of the nicest men in Ambridge. And as Harriet said, he doesn't really kind of... It doesn't cross Get his mind that anyone stuff. might think that he's got any motive other than just being the nicest man in Ambridge. <laughs> so when he's confront, when someone approaches him not knowing he's the nicest man in Ambridge, he just flies into a panic and then makes himself sound like. I think Phillips accused him of being. The- I think Phillips accused. Mm. Neil of being the undercover boss of the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely going to get him strung up <laughs> oh and he says where are Jazza and Tracy I miss Jazza and Tracy Good. yes they weren't in it this week this is the problem you get really involved I, t- I told him this would happen you mm. get really fond of characters and then they disappear for a couple of weeks and you think oh and it's like you know, I want that nice boy to come out and play. And they're not there. No, they're, but they, they'll be back in two weeks yeah. or so. We've got to concentrate on this big storyline first. Yes, get that out of the way. Because it's a goodie. He said, uh, Alan is also new to me. The writers are keeping me on my toes today. He's doing a service tomorrow, which means he's either the vicar or a car mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> he's the vicar. Um, he said, everybody is spread, spreading the blame around nice and thick in this Philip business. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. At the moment, they're all blaming themselves. Mm. Human nature being, unfortunately, what it is, it won't be long before we're all blaming each other. Or blaming Kirsty. Mm. There hasn't As been any sort of... Um, backlash yet, has there? And sort of like, ooh, maybe she was No, guilty. everyone's just saying, I can't believe it. You know, she yeah. wouldn't be involved, which is nice, but... Um, 
uh, he says, Shula has both stables and a big mouth. She's just <laughs> blabbed about Gavin's gambling problems, presumably that. shared with her in confidence. If she's going to be a vicar herself, she's going to have to stop telling people's innermost secrets to car mechanics. He's a vicar, not a car mechanic. But yes. Um, I thought that too. Yeah. When As soon as she said it, I was like, yeah. oh, that is a confidential yeah. piece yeah. of knowledge. Yep. Yes. But it's because she, yeah, she, was, she felt safe because she was telling Alan... I really think Alan's having second thoughts about so recommending I. her as a vicar because, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, he was a bit he was a bit cross about the fact that she, you know, was going, oh, Alan, shall I answer the phone? Yeah. <laughs> Just do what you want, Shula. <laughs> What's it got to do with me? And get your hand out me trousers. Um, he says, Kirsty and Helen are making up. Yay, perhaps they're getting together. Even better, they're not going to talk about Philip anymore. That's the best news I've had all week. And he also noticed that Shula was railing against the idea of forgiving people, which isn't going to go down well at her vicar interview, he said. <laughs> well, yes, but I think but that was that... quite human. Yes, I, I thought so too. And also, if you're a vicar, you it, yeah, it, it, of course. And Alan was, Alan was actually quite human at that point mm. as well, wasn't he? Yeah. You, it is hard to see the good in everyone. Well, it's in, I'd say it's impossible with some people. I mean, I think uh, she, I think... Shula had a much, actually, a much more sensible vicary approach to it than Alan, because I think Alan was a bit kind of over yeah, and a bit over optimistic about people's abilities to forgive. Uh, whereas Shula was going, well, hang on, we've just got to, we're sort of trying to process it, and also, I really don't feel that I can forgive him yet, you know, which mm. I thought was entirely, um, yeah, completely reasonable, mm. entirely reasonable. Mm. And then she cantered off into the sunset, neighing <laughs> <Yay>! and <laughs> whinnying. <laughs> See you soon, Alan. I'm just off to lose my virginity in a cornfield. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. So now we cross to Ambridge itself to hear what's going on on the therapist's couch. Here we are again, Jeff. We've got a Mrs. Horville today. Joy Horville, Beechwood, Ambridge. Apparently she rang up to book in and Joe in the office couldn't get her off the phone. She had to fake a stroke in the end. Oh, hang on, she's here. Hello, lovely to see you. I've never had therapy before. I feel like I'm on Fraser. I loved that Fraser, didn't you? Although I never could work out which part of Ireland Daphne was from. Anyway, I didn't know what to bring, so I opted for hobnobs. Oh, no, just bring yourself. That's fine, Mrs Horville. I've had my lunch, actually, but that's really thoughtful of you. Well, in that case, I'll hang on to them if you don't mind and give them to Tony on my way home. It'll make a change from soup. I'm amazed that man has any teeth left. Most of what he eats is liquid vegetable. He has the palate of a toddler. And who's Tony? Tony Archer, one of my friends in the village. He's one of the more approachable ones, you know. He's really opened up to me. One glimpse of my midget and we got on like a house on fire. Oh, I see. No, nothing like that. Tony's happily married. Well, he's married to Pat. You might have seen her. If you saw a placard wearing wellies, that'll be Pat. I can't seem to get close to her, though she's very nice on the surface. Like a lot of the village. Are you struggling to form close bonds, would you say? Well, that's partly why I've popped in to see you. I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. They're all standoffish. 
Can you give me a few examples when things haven't worked out as you'd hoped, Mrs Orville? Well, I got on well with Kirsty and Philip next door. Well, I thought I did. Lovely couple. I made them cakes and that and we had some lovely chats in the garden. But it was unfortunate because small fires kept breaking out in their house and they both had to go off and put them out. That happened quite a lot. And now I find they were slave traffickers, which was a bit of a surprise, I have to say. Slave traffickers? I know. And they were so good about the bins and that. Right. Anyone else? Well, there was that thing with Peggy Woolley's cat. Me and Tony, my friend, we got all the animals together in the village and made them communicate psychically with Hilda Ogden. But she's been dead for years. Oh, no, she turned up. But even that didn't seem to make Peggy Woolley any more inclined to talk. Things might get better in the new year, though, as my friend Tony's daughter might be moving in next door. Ah, in the house where the slave... The slave drivers, yeah. Well, now I'll have Helen to chat to instead. Lovely. And is she nice? Oh, she's a lovely girl. She's been living with her parents for a few years now, ever since she stabbed her ex-husband. I've not got the details, but it was about custard as far as I can make out. Good grief. What about any other residents in uh, Beechwood? Is it where you live? No. What, there aren't any? Oh, yeah, there are. They're just not allowed to speak. It's in their contract they signed with the mortgage. Just one of those things, you see. I mean, that's why it's difficult for me living there. And with my daughter Rochelle living so far away. Oh, do you see Rochelle often? Hardly ever. But that's not because I've completely made her up. She's going to be played by Sarah Milliken. Right. Mrs Horville, can I just ask... Has no one in Ambridge ever had therapy or counselling or any form of psychiatric help? I don't think so, no. Oh, hang on. The lady at Lua Loxley, the one whose husband fell off the roof, I think she did. Why? Because her husband fell off the roof? No, because she fancied it. Right. I mean, I really do feel this village is like a powder keg. Anyway, let's get back to you, Mrs Hortville. Oh, actually, do you mind if we don't? I've just seen my friend Tony drive by. I want to get those biscuits to him. Do you mind? It's been lovely to chat. Tony! Tony! And she's gone. Poor Tony, whoever he is. I'm going to speak to Joe about this, Jeff. I honestly think this whole village should be sectioned. Right, let's get out of this place. I feel like I'm in Village of the Damned. Put your foot down, Jeff. So that's that. There'll be another podcast from us up next week. So So subscribe to us on iTunes and you will never miss an episode. (laughs) That always sounds vaguely (laughs) threatening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us on averageonthecouch at gmail.com or you can follow us on... uh, You can follow us on Twitter on... At on Ambridge. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> such a, a confusing <sighs> Twitter handle. It wasn't mine. Twitter made it and gave it to me. I couldn't... It wasn't what I wanted. Follow us on Twitter on at on... At on... Yes. No. Follow us at Twitter, follow us on, on, Twitter at, at on Ambridge. That's at on Ambridge. Yes. And in the meantime, it's goodbye from both of us and have a lovely week. Bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.